Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our weekly MLB Power Rankings show where we'll break down my weekly MLB Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this late Monday night. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the regular season is Janice Scurrio. Welcome in, Janice. Uh, I'll start the show as usual by asking you uh, the one thing that you're looking forward to around the baseball world this week, if you got anything for me. I absolutely do. Uh, so the thing that I'm looking forward to the most this week is probably uh, this likely the same thing that everyone else is looking forward to as well. It is the highly anticipated uh, Major League debut of Wander Franco on Tuesday with the Rays, where they will open up a series with the Reds. So he is the number one prospect in baseball. Um, he's 20 years old, a shortstop that can play second and third base. Uh, he's also been just absolutely mashing in Triple A, uh, hitting 323, 376 on base percentage, 601 slugging. Uh, the Rays are currently on a six-game skid. Uh, we'll probably get into that in a little bit without any spoilers, but perhaps this might be the spark that team needs. Uh, so in a, a feel-old-yet moment, when he debuts tomorrow, he'll also be the first ever major leaguer born in the year 2001. So, Drew, do you feel old yet? Yeah, I'm, I always feel old, but <laughs> that's my that's my exact write-up on, on the Rays this week, and w- including that note in there. And, yeah, he's been tremendous at, at AAA Durham. We'll get into that. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that uh, 20-year-old uh, future superstar and and hopefully he has some success right out of the gate we've seen some hitters come up and struggle like uh, Jared Kelnick comes to mind and uh, just the the difference between AAA and, and the majors this year I think is pretty drastic but um, he seems like he's talented enough with the overall like plate discipline to to really find some success right out of the gate and yeah we'll get into the Rays in a second life is a highway and on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Um, before we continue, here's a special offer for our listeners. Use promo code BASES10 for 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge+. Plus. It can be either monthly or, or annual and for any tier not only do you get access to the baseball season tools, but your subscription also covers NBA, NHL, and NFL content. Uh, so it's a great value and can help you if you play just baseball or if you have your hand in all sports. 
So remember, it's promo code BASES10. You can go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash premium to get started. Also, download the app, uh, the NBC Sports Edge app, to receive real-time player news, mobile alerts, and track your favorite players on your fantasy rosters. Uh, however, however you want to use it just to keep up to date. Uh, with what's going on in baseball via our great player news. Uh, plus, now you can check out articles and player cards. That's at the Apple App Store, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your apps. All right, let's get to the rankings. We'll hit on all the teams in the top five, like usual, and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from last week to this week. And if you want rankings and individual observations on all 30 teams, sometimes we kind of hop around. Um, so if you want to check out what your team is doing and, and my observations on them, I'll look for the column every Tuesday at NBC Sports Edge. Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes for me to write it. All right, let's do this to the top five. All right. So just looking at your overall rankings, looks like we've got uh, a little bit of movement. Uh, we've definitely got some uh, interesting uh, things to talk about here. So in the number one spot, and I think this might be the first time that this team has been in the number one spot, uh, are the San Francisco Giants. Uh, they're seven and three in their last 10, and their 46-26 record marks the first time that they've been 20 games over 500 since July 19th of 2016. Uh, uh, so I, I feel as if they are for real. Uh, this I, I believe this is the first time that they're breaking into the number one spot in your rankings. I could be wrong. Uh, definitely do correct me if I'm wrong, though. No, that's definitely true. Um, oh, I wanted to correct you. on You said uh, the Rays were opening a series against the Reds. It's the Red Sox. I meant to, so there's your there's your correction. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. It's easy to mix those up. Yeah, you're welcome. I have no idea why it says that or why I read that, but anyway. <laughs> Reds, Red Sox, they uh, both yeah. have red in the name. Anyway, we're, yeah, I mean, the Giants, this is definitely the first time they've been in the number one spot. There have been some Giants fans on Twitter who have yelled <laughs> at me for not putting them up there earlier. But, yeah, I mean, we're rapidly approaching the midway point of the 2021 regular season, and the Giants sit at the very top of the National League West standings with the best overall winning percentage in baseball at plus or at, at 639. So, it's just it's only right that they get top billing this week after sweeping a four game series from the Diamondbacks and then taking two of three from the Phillies over the weekend. Um, San Francisco's either split or won its last eight series dating back to May 25th. And this team's been in first place now in the NL West for the entire month of June. It actually dates back to like the, the final week of May. Um, and it sounds like the front office will, will get, get the go-ahead from ownership to be aggressive at the July 30 trade deadline. So if you think they're not for real and there are some holes on this roster, I, I think they're going to be in, uh, aggressive and expand the payroll. Giant CEO Larry Bear was on the Giants Talk podcast from NBC Sports area on Monday. Uh, I listened to that this morning to talk trade deadline strategy and pretty much stated that President of Baseball Operations Farhan Zaidi and General Manager Scott Harris have earned the right with all the crafty moves they've made to build this roster. Just an incredible job they've done to get an expanded payroll now and for the stretch run and, and to fill any of those holes that need to be filled. Like a big bat. Um, I know the offense is really surprised, but I think they could use like a, a, a big veteran bat for the middle of that lineup. Uh, definitely some bullpen help. Um, there are a lot of veterans and players on, on one-year contracts on, on that depth chart in San Francisco. So the, the thought coming into the year was that the Giants might be aggressive on the selling side, 
come late July, but now it has completely flipped and very surprising and impressive fashion. It's a hard team to write about. I feel like I say that every week because you're, you're kind of just waiting for the shoe to drop, but it hasn't dropped yet. And we're moving toward July. So they deserve some respect. They they're, they're going to take a turn in the number one spot. All right. Congrats to the giants for getting that number one spot. So at number two, uh, you've got the LA Dodgers. Uh, so those poor diamondbacks, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, the Dodgers outscore the diamondbacks 21 to 11 in that last three game series. And they've also won all seven meetings against Arizona this season. Uh, so with the sweep, uh, the Dodgers are now a season high 17 games over 500. Uh, so now they're heading into a series with the Padres. Uh, last I checked, it looks as if Julio Urias has given up quite a few runs. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dodgers and Padres Padres games never seem to disappoint entertainment value. Yeah, I had that one on in, in the background. It was a, a four-run first inning for the Padres at Petco Park, and it was going wild there. A lot of Dodgers fans in the building, too. It seemed like a great atmosphere. Good to see <laughs> stadiums full again all, all across the country as I, I guess we're past – covid hopefully i don't know um near a light at the end of the tunnel at least and it's good mm -hmm. to see sporting events back and full but yeah the dodgers 10 10 wins in their last 12 games and they're starting to get healthier too uh, max muncie is expected to return on tuesday after missing exactly 10 days with a mild oblique strain thankfully that proved to be mild because he was on a tear uh, Cody Bellinger, who's not having a great season, all sorts of setbacks, but he should be back on Wednesday after missing 11 days with a hamstring issue. Corey Seager, who's been out since mid-May with a fractured hand, is on track to begin a minor league rehab assignment later this week. It sounds like Friday or Saturday. So he should be ready to return at, at some point late next week. Um, so just look out for the, this team in general. The defending World Series champs, you know, they sort of weathered the storm with some of their big players going down with injuries. And I think they could be just a second half juggernaut, uh, much like what we saw during the 60 game season in 2020. I found this note interesting as I was digging into some research, uh, people sort of side-eyed the Dodgers acquisition of Albert Pools when he got cut loose by the angels, but he has a 526 slugging percentage through 80 pl plate appearances with the Dodgers after posting a 372 slugging percentage across his first 92 plate appearances this season with Anaheim. And if you look back, Pujol slugged at least 526, which again is his current slugging percentage with the Dodgers, in all 11 of his seasons in St. Louis, then never slugged higher than 526 in his 10 years with the Angels. So um, he's been a really nice find, even just as a bench bat and, and going down the stretch and into the postseason. And it seems like he's having a lot of fun uh, playing on that team. So I guess, you know, good for Pujols. Yeah, that's not a shabby bench bat to have at all. No. Right. <laughs> Going to number three, climbing up four spots from number seven are the Houston Astros. Uh, they completed a four-game sweep of the White Sox uh, that came into that series with a share of the best record in the majors. Uh, so now uh, they have won their previous six series, series is, is what's the plural of series? CRI, maybe? It's like cheap, sheep, <laughs> moose. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, uh, they're 15 and five over their last 20 games, uh, including an active seven game winning streak. And so uh, they're currently uh, tied with the A's atop the AL West. Uh, we're going to I know we're going to get into the A's a little bit later, uh, but that AL West one, two seems to be a, a pretty interesting matchup. I think that those two teams are going to be neck and neck for a little while. 
Yeah, I think the Astros are about to push that winning streak to eight games. They're up seven nothing on Baltimore, and in another rain delay, it's been raining like all night in Baltimore. They actually have a combined no hitter going right now. Oh, all night uh, in the top of the eighth inning. So that's something to watch maybe as we get later in the show. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they yeah they swept that four game series from the White Sox over the weekend after sweeping a two game set against the Rangers, taking two of three from the Twins. Uh, the best run differential in baseball. It was at plus one twelve coming into the night. I guess that'll go even a little higher. Um, Alex Bregman went on the injured list late last week with, with what sounds like a fairly serious left quad strain. They don't even have a timetable yet. Uh, but Abraham Toro had a big weekend, stepped up well at third base in his absence. Uh, he's a pretty talented player, could be a nice fill-in for Bregman. I wanted to highlight Luis Garcia, their 24-year-old right-hander who's quietly been tremendous this season, mm. uh, especially moving since moving into the starting rotation. A 2.82 ERA, 1.07 whip, 80 strikeouts, and 70 and a third total innings. I think he pinched, pitched against the White Sox at some point this weekend. Friday. Yeah, yeah Friday. That's right. Yeah, he's made 12 consecutive starts with three earned runs or fewer. Uh, has a 24.5% swinging strike rate on his cutter. Three of his pitches have a Woba weighted on base average of under 200. Um, so he's been really dominant, especially recently and just has helped solidify that starting rotation. And they put Christian Javier in, in the bullpen because they didn't even really need him. So the offense combined with the great pitching lately, this this team looks scary. And I know no one wants to admit it because you know it's the Astros, but uh, they're going to be a threat. And um, they're another team that's able to weather some injury storms. Like Kyle Tucker's been out, and they they just keep cruising. I think he's supposed to come back toward the end of this week. Um, so getting a little healthier there in Houston too. All right, so continuing on to number four. Uh, last week they were number two, the Chicago White Sox. Uh, can we just skip over this one, please? I, I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a little a, a little venting to do, however. Uh, so after a four-game sweep uh, by the Astros, uh, there's really not much you can do but move forward. Uh, so I think one point of concern that I have personally, uh, your mean Mercedes went from a rookie phenom to pretty much a rookie failure, and that breaks my heart to say that. Uh, so he finished uh, 0 for 3 uh, on Sunday uh, and is hitless in his last 21 at bats. And he's also 6 for 67, uh, hitting only a double, 5 RBI in his last 19 games. So some decisions definitely need to be made, uh, perhaps sending Mercedes down to AAA to rediscover some things, uh, or perhaps, and also too, making an external move to replace Nick Madrigal at second base. I think mm -hmm. my biggest takeaway from this weekend series was that that a lot of the injuries that were plaguing the White Sox in the first half are beginning to expose some potential, um, yeah, just p potential problems down the line. Yeah, and they, I talked about weathering the storm with like the Dodgers and Astros. The, the White Sox have done well to weather, I mean, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. Maybe Jimenez is going to be back in like early August, though. That's trending in a positive direction with his rehab. Uh, he's a guy you could slot into where Mercedes was playing in the DH spot or something. Maybe they could get an outfielder. I think we talked last week about Adam Frazier and Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Reynolds is like under team control for like four years. He's going to be pricey if, if the Pirates move him. They're going to ask for a lot, especially with the bounce back year that he's had. But that would be perfect. And there will be other ways to get outfield help, too. If there's anything out there like – outfielders are available. Adam Duvall, 
Um, I was writing up the Marlins for my column, and he's having a tremendous stretch recently. Yes. He, he, yeah, yeah. he can be a frustrating player, doesn't get on base a ton, but underrated defensively, and, and he'll go on power streaks that are amazing and would be would be great for that team. But, yeah, we, we mentioned the White Sox got swept by the Astros in that, that four-game series at Minute Maid Park, and really only one of those games had a close score by the end, the 2-1 loss on Friday. It was 10-2 on Thursday. You can – Cover your ears if you want to, Janice. We don't have to relitigate. Seven three on Saturday. La la la. la. Eight two on Sunday. Um, yeah, that that great White Sox pitching just ran into a red hot red hot Astros offense and just wasn't quite up to the task. I wouldn't freak out over a four game series, but yeah, Dallas Keuchel got roughed up in his first start back in Houston on Sunday. Uh, Lance Lynn had his worst start of the season on Saturday, allowed six runs, five earned over four innings, his ERA going from 1.51 to 2.02. So the ERA lead in the American League now belongs to Carlos Rodon, uh, who was good on Friday again in that 2-1 loss. Um, But yeah, I don't think this is anything to get super worked up about, though. I I agree that it has exposed some holes on that roster that they've kind of, you know, papered over and and they're going to have to start addressing it. But it, it helps that I think you know, selling teams are going to start actually fielding phone calls uh, here over the next few weeks. I think we're going to see, you know, some early July type of trades. Like, I, I don't think teams are going to necessarily wait till July 30th. And, and the schedule eases up big time this week. The White Sox have a two-game set at Pittsburgh. Maybe they just kidnap Frazier and Reynolds. Um, <laughs> and, and their closer, Richard Rodriguez, has, has been really good too. Um, then three against the Mariners, then Twins, Tigers, Twins, Orioles. Uh, so it's just it's time to beat up on some bad teams, Janice. You got this. <laughs> yes, beat up on some bad teams and return to Chicago with both Frazier and Rodriguez. So I'm all, all down for that. There you go. All right, so heading down to number five, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays. So last week they were at number one. Uh, So like I mentioned before that we were going to talk about Tampa Bay, they're currently on a six-game losing streak. Uh, But perhaps Rays fans don't need to panic just quite yet. They do have a plus 73 run differential going into Monday. I saw this interesting factoid about how the ghost runner in extra innings is affecting them. Uh, So since since the start of June, the Rays bullpen has allowed 16 runs. 10 earned and six unearned. All six of those unearned runs were scored by, uh, yeah, that ghost runner starting on second base in in extra innings. The Rays are also 0-4 in those extra inning contests. Uh, So if uh, Rays fans have a reason to hate that extra runner on second rule, uh, then, yeah, that's the reason right there. That sounds like a bit of bad luck, and I'm sure they'll be fine. But, I mean, it's old news by now as we're talking here, but Tyler Glass now went on the 60-day injured list last week after being diagnosed with a flexor strain and a partial UCL tear in his right elbow. Um, He did apparently get some encouraging news in a follow-up visit with a specialist on Friday, but it's going to be a long while before Glass now returns. You hear UCL tear, you think Tommy John surgery, maybe it eventually leads to that if if he can't rehab the injury. Um, So I I don't think it's a sure thing that he's going to make it back this year, um, and we probably won't get another update on that for another month or so when he tries to throw again. But yeah, they've got Wander Franco to look forward to this week. Uh, there's a lot of depth there, not necessarily in the starting rotation. You, you look at that rotation without class now, it, it looks a lot less formidable. I, Rich Hill's been good. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough's kind of been up and down, but pretty good overall. And then it's like Michael Waka, uh, Shane McClanahan's super talented. Uh, maybe he steps up in a big way. Josh Fleming, 
Uh, can't trust him to go big time innings, but it's the Rays. I th- I feel like they're going to figure out some kind of magic and and get out of this slump because that's what they do. And and maybe Franco will be a superstar right out, out of the gate, and they'll just become like some big slugging team. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So let's move on to your biggest risers of the week. So, uh, yeah, looking at number th- or 13, uh, you've got the New York Yankees. Last week they were num- at number 15. So uh, they've turned three triple pr- plays this season, and I was able to catch one of them after I turned off the White Sox game on Sunday. So uh, Aroldis Chapman got out of that sticky situation in the ninth inning by inducing a triple play uh, to prevent any rallies by the A's on Sunday. So this ties an MLB record as they're, they're the first team to turn three triple plays in a season since the White Sox in 2016. So pretty cool. Yeah, I wanted to say at the top, so two of my biggest risers that we're going to talk about this week only moved up two spots. And I also had the Mets moving up two spots, but I didn't lock that in until like right before we hopped on here to record this because I wanted to see what Jacob deGrom looked like coming off that shoulder scare. Um, Yeah, he he, looked pretty darn good. So uh, to the Mets fans that are tuning in to listen to this and they're like, why is he not, why does he never talk about the Mets? Um, I'm sorry. My methodology really isn't that advanced and DeGrom looked great. They lost the nightcap of that doubleheader against the Braves, but good to see DeGrom healthy. And um, he was the first pitcher to, to get like his cap and belt checked under this new protocol or whatever you want to call it uh, for looking for foreign substances and he didn't get ejected. So there we go. All right. Back to the, the Yankees. Um, yeah. One five of six last week against the blue Jays and A's. And you mentioned the, the triple plays. That's kind of incredible. Uh, we'll try to keep it going this week against the Royals before a big three game weekend series at Fenway park versus the division rival arch rival Red Sox. Um, I noted in last week's column that the Yankees at, at that time last Tuesday had just a 19.3% chance of making the postseason per the playoff odds page at Baseball Reference. It's now up to a 26.1% chance and uh, could be even a little higher beyond you know Baseball Reference's basic formula with the Rays lo- losing Tyler Glass now, like we just talked about, the Red Sox fading a tad and the Blue Jays hovering around 500. I think the AL East looks more gettable now than it did even a week ago. And Gary Sanchez deserves some love after bearing the brunt of a lot of frustration just a month ago. Um, if you go back to May 27th, 20, Sanchez has batted 344 with an 1127 OPS, six home runs, six doubles, and 14 RBIs over his last 20 games. That's 71 plate appearances, a 48.9% hard hit rate, 17.8% barrel rate, 113.4 mile per hour max exit velocity. Uh, his season OPS in that stretch of 20 games for Sanchez has risen from 642 to 820. Um, so that's super encouraging for a guy that I think a lot of Yankees fans were ready to give up on uh, in May, which I don't know. It seems like a every year kind of theme with Gary Sanchez. <laughs> 
So it's still anyone's division. Uh, so we're moving to from the AL East to the AL West at number 15, rising five spots from number 20 are the Seattle Mariners. Very resilient team. Uh, they've also had two days uh, with consecutive Grand Slams uh, or uh, yeah, two days uh, with, with a Grand Slam in each game. Uh, so uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, so Shedlong hit a walk-off Grand Slam, which was the first of his career and also his first home run of 2020. Pretty cool to have your first home run also be a Grand Slam. Uh, and it was also the first time he's ever driven four runs in in a single game. And then J.P. Crawford hit a Grand Slam on Saturday, which interestingly enough had a launch angle of 16 degrees. Uh, hmm. So uh, yeah, it's tied for the lowest launch angle on a home run in MLB this season. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just a, a line drive home run. It's just snuck right <laughs> over the wall. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Mariners started the month of June with a three and eight record, but they've gone seven and one since with the three walk-off wins in that their most recent series against the Rays, which was a four-game sweep. Um, it's hard to know exactly what to make of this team. They've sort of hopped around my rankings on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, the Mariners have 17 one-run wins this season, eight wins in extra innings. Uh, their run differential is currently minus 46. That all suggests that there may be some some good luck uh, to, to point to how the Mariners are currently sitting here at two games above 500 uh, as of late June. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a believer in this team, but they're kind of in the American league wildcard hunt. Um, one sort of fantasy related nugget that I wanted to drop in here. Dylan Moore has an 810 OPS and 35 plate appearances since coming off the injured list on June 12th. His season OPS was hovering in the mid 500s in May uh, Moore was a very popular and sometimes controversial name in, in fantasy drafts this spring after putting up eight homers and 12 stolen bases over just 38 games in 2020. You could point to that being a small sample, um, but he's got six homers and 10 steals through 49 games here in 2021, even after struggling for much of the, the opening two months of the season. In any fantasy league where Dylan Moore was dropped, I'd Go pick him back up for that multi-category multi upside, and he's playing a lot better since coming off the I.O. Right. Going on to your third biggest riser of the week, uh, you've got a two-spot riser in the Washington Nationals. Last week they were 23. This week they are at 21. It's been a while since we've talked about this team. Uh, they are 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is a, on a tear in particular. So he hit three home runs on Sunday. Uh, and, yeah, he is the third player in Nationals team history uh, from 2005 to now to record a three-homer game. He also hit two home runs on Saturday. I mean, this is maybe a weird time to be giving the Nationals a bump with Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg both sitting on the injured list, but Scherzer could return from his right groin inflammation uh, issue as early as Tuesday night series opener at Philadelphia. And Strasburg began a throwing program last week uh, as he works back from some nerve irritation in his neck. And like you mentioned also, they, they have won seven of their last eight, eight of their last 10. Um, and, and Schwarber, yeah, he earned his first career National League Player of the Week award for June 14th through 20th after slugging six home runs in a span of seven games. Um, and like you mentioned, five of those homers came in a span of two games Saturday and Sunday against the Mets, which tied a major league record that is shared by a bunch of different players. And But if you extend his power streak back to June 12th, Schwarber has nine home runs in his last 10 games, which is a new Washington Nationals and Montreal Expos franchise record. 
Um, so Schwarber's really turned it on in, in a massive way, especially since moving into the leadoff spot for Washington exactly 10 games ago. 10 games ago, that's when all those nine homers have started to pour in. Um, another note or milestone or what have you, I just have some notes written down here on Schwarber because there's a lot. Uh, he and Mookie Betts are the only leadoff hitters to hit five home runs in a two-game span in the modern era since Whoa. 1900. That's yeah. pretty cool. Betts did it versus the Orioles, of course, in, in 2016. Whoa. Wow. Just dropping all the factoids tonight. I love it. I came prepared. <laughs> Well, let me see if I have anything interesting up for you as we move to your biggest fallers of the week. Uh, so now all these teams are two spot fallers. You were mentioning earlier just your complete your, your complex methodology. I'm sure you've got like just a whiteboard full of formulas where you know you where you rank and place these oh, teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's advanced calculus. Well, really, like especially as we push into the later months of the season, you kind of don't want teams to do big swings. So usually like two to three spots is about what I'm going to give teams because we're starting to see some, the cream rise to the top and um, you're figuring out who's legit as, as we move along into the summer months. All right. So let's get to the teams. Uh, so your first biggest faller falling two spots from number six to number eight are the Oakland athletics. Uh, so they did lose their last two. Um, they're seven and three in their last 10. It does look like they'll be neck and neck with the Astros for a little bit. Uh, I think they they're still in a good spot, but I'm curious as to why you have them falling. Uh, just sort of leapfrogged. I, I typically run into a situation like this every week. It's, it's the nature of trying to rank teams beyond just looking at the standings and win loss records where a team falls almost solely because I wanted to give a bump to some other clubs. So again, there's no super advanced methodology here as to why the A's dropped. Uh, the Astros jumped ahead of them. Uh, who else? I, I don't know. The, the, the Padres dr- jumped ahead of them. Yeah, sorry, Ace fans. I mean, they they, they did uh, lose two of three to the Yankees over the weekend, but had won seven straight games before then. So it's kind of unfair. Um, I don't. I have not explained myself, but yeah, this four game series against the Rangers that they just started and they lost eight to three. So yeah, I think I'm right in dropping them. Yeah. <laughs> then then it's uh, three this weekend at San Francisco, which should be a very fun and interesting Bay Area battle. Uh, okay. Again, yeah, with some some packed stadiums, Oracle Park will be jumping for that one um, as my number one and number eight teams do battle. I, I think everyone's going to be talking about it. Um, I did want to make note of Jesus Lazardo's struggles. He was optioned to AAA Las Vegas on Monday. Uh, the A's moved Luzardo to the bullpen when he came off the injured list in, in late May, and he had allowed 11 earned runs over his last six innings of relief before that demotion. I think the hope was probably that Luzardo could pitch well as a multi-inning guy and that the A's could sort of stunt his workload and then maybe put him back into the rotation at some point down the stretch. But, yeah, it just it just hasn't worked out. Maybe he's going to find it on the farm pitching against lesser competition and possibly back in a starting role down there and then maybe returns as a rotation option at some point uh, next month. I host a Q&A on the NBC Sports Edge Instagram page every Friday afternoon and usually get a question about Lizardo every week. He's just he's so enticingly talented, but uh, there hasn't been a lot of whole, a whole lot of fantasy value coming from him here in his age 23 season. I, I'd say he's droppable now in standard redraft formats, but you definitely want to hang on in like dynasty leagues. 
Right. At number 16, falling two spots from number 14 are the Cincinnati Reds, dropping two spots perhaps uh, after Joey Votto's ejection on Saturday made a little girl cry. Uh, I'm sure that you do <laughs> have that in mind. Uh, but the Reds were handed their first series sweep at the hands of the Padres since June of 2017, uh, which is also came at Petco Park. Uh, so it looks as if the Padres just seem to have the Reds numbers. Uh, I, I did see that Joey Votto did make amends with the little girl uh, by writing a nice note and saying hello to her on Sunday. Uh, but anyway, uh, why did you drop the the Reds uh, two spots? Yeah. Joey Votto's a good man. I'm sorry to him that I'm dropping his team out of the top 15. I mean, they had won six straight games against the Rockies and Brewers, but yeah, that four games weekend series sweep at San Diego, uh, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos have both remained excellent offensively, really carrying that offense, which does rank top 10 in combined team OPS. Um, the starting rotation has been pretty good too. Tyler Malley has really turned into a, a valuable pitcher. Vladimir Gutierrez has looked good since his call-up last month. Uh, Luis Castillo has pitched better lately, but, man, that bullpen. Um, Reds relievers have a 5.66 combined ERA, which ranks dead last among all MLB clubs, as least as, as, as we chat here on Monday night. Behind the Rockies at 5.24, Tigers at 5.23, Diamondbacks at 5.18, I mean, behind everyone. Um, Amir Garrett, who was like the presumed favorite for the closer role coming out of the spring, is still showing an ERA above nine. Uh, Lucas Sims has become the, the closer and, and carries an impressive strikeout rate and has been valuable in fantasy, especially this month. But his ERA is 4.23. So, I mean, everyone is struggling. Uh, the return of TJ Antone should help the cause, though. He, he could be activated as soon as Tuesday. Had a throwing session on Monday as sort of the final step in his recovery from a forearm issue. Antone was competing for a rotation spot in the spring, uh, but has rounded into a very effective multi-inning reliever. 1.41 ERA, 40 strikeouts, and 20 appearances, covering 32 innings. Um, so just having him back to like kind of handle the middle innings or like put out some fires uh, should be a big boost to that bullpen. They're a team that could could definitely jump back into the top 15 and, and maybe be in the NL wildcard hunt. Um, but they need to shore up that bullpen maybe at the deadline and, and get a little more from from some hitters outside of Castellanos and Winker. Moving on to your last faller of the week, the Kansas City Royals dropping two spots to 23 uh, from being tw at 21. So the Royals are uh, three and seven in their last 10. They've got that negative 40 run differential. And to uh, think about the AL Central again for a moment. So they started off the season uh, actually holding first place for a little bit of a stretch. And now they are 10 games back in, of the, in the division. It seems to me at this point that the Central is pretty much going to be uh, the White Sox or the Indians, uh, but otherwise, what are the Royals doing? Like, like, why are the Royals? Why are the Royals? <laughs> we should just leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah, they were a nice story early on this season, a uh, 16-9 record between April 1st and, and May 1st, but they've recorded just 16 total wins since, a 16-29 and 29 record uh, going back to the beginning of May, including a 3-12 and 12 stretch now since June 5th. Um, on top of all that, Alberto Mondesi was placed back on the injured list on Monday with a strained left oblique. That's already his third IL stint this year. It was a right oblique strain, 
that cost him the first eight weeks of the season, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, then he went down with a left hamstring strain in late May, missed another two weeks, and now there's no timetable for this left oblique issue. I think it figures to be a pretty lengthy absence, like m- maybe over a month. Um, Mondesi has appeared in only 10 games here this season. He's he's batted 361 with an OPS over 1,200 when healthy, four homers, one stolen base in those 10 games, but he just hasn't been on the field. Um, Royals GM Dayton Moore was asked Monday whether these ongoing health issues for Mondesi would hurry up the timetable on top shortstop prospect Bobby Witt Jr., uh, but Witt is currently at Double A Northwest Arkansas. I think he's gonna he's gonna make a trip through Triple A Omaha before he gets to Kansas City. So um, not ready quite yet. He does have 11 home runs and 11 stolen bases in 38 games at Double A. Um, so some enticing uh, future five category fantasy value coming eventually, and um, going to be a big part of the the future of of baseball there in Kansas City. But they're going to slow play that one, which probably makes sense. Uh, the Royals should be thinking more about the future than the present. I would say if if Witt does debut this year, it sounds like it'll be a September call-up situation. That makes sense. All right, we did it. That'll do it for this week's Power Rankings show. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column. goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all 30 teams. If we didn't hit on one and you want to see what they're up to, check out the column. Uh, rate and review the circling the bases podcast we love five star reviews but any feedback is welcome negative or positive follow us on twitter i'm at drew silve janice is at scuriosa and peace out peace